Welcome to the Menthology Show, Manhood, Let's Find It Together. In today's episode, humans are omnivores, mobile gaming, tip of the week, and excuse me, I just like burped right in the middle of that, but I'm going to keep going like nothing happened. Uh, Wilson, are we okay? He's giving me the nod. So we're also discussing Explain This Tweet, a new segment we're excited to debut on this here episode eight of the Menthology Show. I'm Blake. Joining me is Josh and Derek. Fellas, welcome to the show. Blake, it is fitting that you would burp at the top of the show, and perhaps poetic, as we are about to burp out some prime podcasting content for our (laughs) Gentlemen, how are you? This guy, Josh. I would like to to point out, from a budget standpoint, three-quarters of the budget for this show goes to a staff of writers. (laughs) (laughs) Derek's intro. And, and they're doing a hell of a job, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so as as we have the running joke of this anthology show is it is partially a, a food podcast. And I start and begin this episode with, well, two things we need to discuss here. So uh, we all know there's this growing, you know, awareness of uh, our special dietary needs, okay? It's kind of a big deal now in the last five maybe even 10, but probably more five years, special dietary needs. Vegans are on the rise or seemingly vegetarians. People can't eat this, that, or the other, gluten-free. It's, it's gotten pretty crazy. So there was this report in Time Magazine that came out recently that it was like a gentle reminder that, hey, um, humans are omnivores. I, I don't know, you know if you heard, but it was kind of a funny like way of being Captain Obvious that we are genetically designed to eat mostly plants, you know, but we are supposed to have meat, fish, and eggs if, if we want our bodies to operate at top performance. So, obviously, Captain Obvious going on here. Josh, Derek, what do you think about this? I think there's too much research going into certain areas. <laughs> and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like that Josh is anti-research. I like that. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> I, I'm for research, but I don't need someone to tell me uh, that we need to eat healthy and eat a balanced diet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you nailed it. It's very, it's very Captain Obvious. But. Yeah. Okay, but it, doesn't, it, seems like, it seems like research does that very often – and I, not that that's a bad – I don't think it's a bad thing because I'm a lover of research and good data and intelligence. But isn't that just the consequence of observing and studying our world is you're going to come up with Captain Obvious remarks that, oh, by the way, humans are omnivores. Yes, you are. The other thing that plays into that and creates that is that we as a society now, we create these problems that aren't real. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. I got you. I'm not going to throw stones, but I am. Uh, gluten allergies, for example, completely made up. I don't believe in them at all. Well, no, wait, wait. Isn't there? Uh, see, the science says there's one percent of the world is at, in fact allergic okay. to gluten, but twenty okay. percent are claiming right. to be. So I, I skip that. Saying. That there, there, yeah. are, there is maybe a one percent of people that really do have gluten allergies. Then the rest of these people just sort of take up cause because they're bored. Right. And, okay. And because of that, that's part of why we get research studies that come out with stuff like this. That is saying, oh, by the way, we are. Yeah. Derek, yeah. what are your thoughts? 
I think Josh is on to something there. Uh, I, I think as a society, we don't have to. It's, it's funny because people talk about how the world's a horrible place right now. It's all you ever hear. When yeah. in fact, it's actually the greatest it's ever been. We're living longer than we've ever lived. Uh, yeah. We don't have to struggle for the things we used to struggle for. Our problems are problems of convenience now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what we do is we make up problems that we deem important. It seems like, um, you know, when, when you're when you're kind of coddled and safe, you you make up threats. You make up things that make life more exciting, I guess. Um, and the other thing is, it's this new cultural thing, especially with younger people. Everyone's this delicate flower that's unique. Everyone's a special snowflake. Yeah. You, I don't, my, <laughs> you know, like we're in the political season now. Everyone's an independent. Oh, I'm an independent. But they voted one party their entire life. But they don't want to be categorized because they're very special. You can't categorize my beliefs. They're so unique and different. Yeah. When in fact, you're just like every other idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Derek, I completely agree. And um, specifically, you know, the world is a better place. And if you, if you look at the data, it's overwhelmingly showing that. So, for example, like, you, you guys know helicopter parenting, right? Are we familiar with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's affecting a lot of our age, you know, parents where you're hovering around your kids because you're watching 24-hour news that only shows the world is a horrible place. And so you start internalizing that message, thinking that the world is a horrible place. Oh, by the way, it's 10 times safer than even when us young, you know, we're young whippersnappers running around and our parents actually let us run around. So mm-hmm. if, if there should be a time where we shouldn't be helicopter parents, it's now. So I, I completely agree with that and how we're, we're probably just inventing issues to keep it. We're over, we're over, we're, we're making it more complicated than it should be. People got too much time on their hands. <laughs> I mean, some people yeah. just have too much time on their hands and they don't do anything productive <laughs> with it. And so they just create these problems that aren't really there. And then you get enough people to do it. And then now it's a cause. And now this cause has to have some meaning behind it. And then it be- becomes a movement. People latch onto it. Eject me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Although one thing I will say, though, is that it, 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 in this age of information, we have more information than ever before. It's actually harder to discern what is real. Yeah. Um, and I, like I'll see on Twitter all the time, um, people posting, here's an article that has scientific proof that people shouldn't be eating meat. And I read it and I go, Oh, holy, maybe I shouldn't be eating meat. And then like the very next day, there's someone up, sorry, vegans, but here's proof that we're omnivores. And it's like scientific data that proves we should be eating meat. So even though like we've got this abundance of information, it kind of clouds what is or isn't. So I look, I, I just go by the rule. I eat what I like to eat. And I think, I think the world would be a better place if everyone stopped. You're not going to convert anybody. No. Like if I like steak, I'm not going to feel bad that a cow died for it. Yeah. I, you know, it's, you're not going to convert anybody to your cause. So just do your cause and do, you know, yeah. do your thing. You don't need to, you don't need to create an army of vegans. It's, you know, I completely agree. Everything in moderation and balance, right? Yeah. Just use common sense and then don't try to convert everybody. And then don't be disrespectful. Everybody just stay in their lane. We'll be fine. Yeah, stay but, in your lane. <laughs> but Derek, you know, though, too, like, like as a journalist, it's, it, it goes back to consider the source. So, you yeah. know, research can construe and call out only certain things that they want to because they have an agenda. So heaven forbid there are researchers that have an agenda. Right. So yeah. then they paint the data. and it could, So, you, you know, you also got to consider the source. So I'm cool with like 
you know, I think it's good that we have this plentiful amount of, of research show, you know, because I, for me, so I really want to get better. I want to know. So I want to know those answers. Like, am I eating too much meat? No, if I am. And if the science is saying, Hey, my body operates better on mostly plants, but don't forget the meat. I mean, case in point where you're uh, like, when I finally kind of started getting a handle or I fell in love with veggies, internet. Okay. There, I said it several years ago. I hate them forever. And I actually enjoy them now. I overcorrected and was eating too many vegetables in my, my annual checkup. My doctor's like, Hey, your, your red blood cells are down. You, you should probably eat a, a steak or two more. And I'm like, Oh great. I got excuse. And my doctor just prescribed more steak in my life. <laughs> and I was excited about it. So I'm cool with that kind of, you know, that information because I want to, I want to get better, but yeah, consider the source. Like if it's coming yeah. from John on Facebook, who the hell's John on Facebook about what we should be eating. So yeah, oh, the that's steak the- industry says that plants are evil. Huh. <laughs> huh. What do you know? Huh? huh? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. See, that's the caveat with more information, though, is that journalism is dead. And you know, you'll look at a lot of these articles, and you'll click the author's name, and here, here's an article I wrote about scientific proof we shouldn't be eating meat, and then it says about the author. This author has written five books about. Uh, he's a he's a vegan activist and all this. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. everyone has their agenda objectivity is dead no one cares about truth or fact they care about their position and so it's very very difficult to find information that's reliable particularly on the internet i mean all you have to do is go on facebook or or go to a family picnic now that our parents are on facebook and the things that they say oh did you hear this it's like oh god where did you hear that or i saw it on facebook so it must gotta be be true gotta be true so it's very yeah it's information is good provided the quality is good yeah Consider the source, Josh. Yep. We got a talking point this week. Uh, we do. We do. Yeah. What? What? Uh, tell, tell us what we're going to be discussing today. Listener Dan, good old Dan, tweeted at us the other day, and he said, "Living in a society of bearded men in flannel who can tell you where to find gluten-free tacos, but not how to change a tire." <laughs> that is <laughs> very the, well said. That is the essence of this show. This is we haven't been able to articulate what this show is about, and we're working on that. But that. Is the Dan, essence? Yeah, Dan really uh, hit the pulse right there. Uh, jo- Derek, you what are your th- what are your thoughts on Dan's remark? Uh, it's just it's so perfect. Everything about it is just so perfectly constructed. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like manliness has has really changed, and I, I, and like like Josh said, I feel like that's kind of the essence of what we're getting at here with a lot of our topics is. We, we we grew up with an idea of what men are and what men should be doing that is totally no longer it's like no longer applicable in fact it's often viewed in a negative light um you know changing tires and labor and all these things that we used to sort of hold as like this these are things men do it's like now you're growing beard you're growing beards but only because it's the thing to do and you know you're eating tacos but you're making 18 different requests before you place your order. You know, it's well, yeah. So, so is it okay? But is, is part, I mean, my theory, let me just, I'll pass this off with you guys. You know, let me, let's, I'll, if you don't like it, just push it back. Okay. Send it back. So is, is it that we're becoming, we're literally becoming a, a more white collar society where computers yeah. and machines are picking up the blue collar collar slack. So, Ironically, the computers are becoming the blue-collar manliness, and we're becoming this, you know, 
information society where we don't have to work. I mean, we get paid to do podcasts like this and have a YouTube channel. It's crazy. So I think I would not even blame, but I think that's, you know, like you said earlier, Josh, we have too much time on our hands. So we start doing funny stuff like this where we're concerned with our flannel shirts and our beards and gluten-free tacos, but we don't need to know how to change a tire so much anymore because literally our tires are lasting a heck of a lot longer. I, I, Gentlemen, I have never had a flat tire in over 20 years of driving. There, I said it. I don't know if that's <laughs> incredible luck, but I really haven't. I've had a tire that's deflated, and I wheeled in, and the guy fixed it, and that's it. So, Oh, kudos to the Utah Department of Transportation. <laughs> <laughs> what are you Damn driving good on? good roads you got out there. <laughs> driving on clouds out there, Blake. <laughs> what, how many flat tires have you two experienced? Freaking Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've had I've had a couple, I guess. I mean, okay, but that's still pretty good, right? Our grandpas used to change two a year. That you see, what I'm saying like it's it can't well, be yeah, near as much as near as much. They, as did it it for, they did it for fun, though, Blake. For they, they would change the tire that wasn't even flat just to see how quickly quickly they could do it. Oh, like, Christmas story. Me. Oh, yeah, right there. Yeah, right, right. They actually looked forward to it. <laughs> I, I, I like the old yeah, like you said, the old man in a Christmas story. He could have avoided the the pothole, but he hit it. Just to make things interesting and see if he could beat his personal record. <laughs> so Derek, yeah, we're a bunch of pansy asses. What are you? I, say? I, Derek, how many how many flat tires have you had? Um, I've had a handful over the years, um, but you know, there's always something really. That it feels good changing a tire. There's something about getting my hands dirty. And, you know, jacking up that car. I spit when I'm doing this, even though I don't <laughs> technically need to. Uh, and I make sure over. that I, I like to make sure that I'm changing that tire in a spot where people are going to see me changing yeah. that tire. Get out there. You're going to want that visibility. That's right. Uh, you know, if I if I have to pull over at like a, a store where moms happen to shop a lot, that's that's just yeah. a bonus. If yeah. there's some hot moms walking into the department, walking into Joanne fabric Even and I happen us. to be changing the tire, busting out of my shirt, spitting on the, the, the side of the road. Hey, listen, excuse me, ladies coming through. Got a just tire, a coincidence. Page. It's just yeah. a coincidence. No, but there's something about that, that I feel like, um, maybe a lot of, a lot of men are trying to overcorrect, you know, with the beard thing and the, the yeah, jack overcorrecting. Yeah. That's a yeah. Good yeah. The lumberjack look, they're trying to compensate for the fact that they can't change a tire and that they don't, they've never chopped down a tree or had to cut wood to, you know, the manly things aren't as, aren't as necessary anymore. So we dress ourselves up. Yeah. They're not as necessary. Uh, but I think they are still good for the soul. I mean, if you get outside and, and work some sort of physical labor, do something with your hands, it's it's good. I like last week I I sanded our decks because we're going to stain them. And it was good. It sucked, but you know, it feels good to get out there and do productive stuff like that. Yeah. Why is that? Why do we take pleasure working with our hands, even though we're becoming more informational workers? You I know think what it is. Back to some primal caveman DNA, probably. I, I think Blake, it's 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 what you and I have, have talked about before. How everything we've ever done in our professional lives doesn't exist. You know, like I, I, everything zeros and ones, baby. Yeah, zeros it's, so, it's, oh, it's so, oh, that's so true. Oh, you could work so hard on something, and it's just a web page. And and I think even we know that there's something kind of kind of lame about that. Whereas if I go like Josh sanded his deck, when he's done with that work, 
first off, he sweated. He did it himself. He, he sees that the, there was more of a physical effort, which you feel, I think, more than the mental effort. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have something you can look at and you can see the fruits of your work. Exactly. Uh, and, and there's rewards for that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny you say that, and and we a little side note for the listeners, some inside inside baseball talk here. When we were creating this show, that that was an issue that Derek and I talked about. That Derek and I have both made a living primarily online. Josh too, but Derek and I are content creators. We produce, we write stories, and you know, I started, I became a writer eleven years ago, and two of the websites, the first paying websites I worked for. One was Joystick, which was in Gadget's gaming blog, and Gadget's still around. But Joystick went the way of the Dodo because all these YouTube vloggers are, you know, or that's where most of the interest is. And then another tech site called, um, oh, geez, I'm, it's, it's slipping my mind. It was this uh, um, GigaOM was a technology mm-hmm. site. Both of them died in the same month earlier this year. And I had this moment of like, and the GigaOM stuff's completely gone. The server's off. I have no archives on my work. I just ignorantly, naively thought, oh, I'll publish it to the internet and it'll just stay there forever. <laughs> uh-uh. If power ever goes out or a plug gets unplugged, it's gone, baby. My, my Colosseum, even though I spend as much time on some of this stuff as, as the Romans did the Colosseum, it's gone. And that was like yeah. a really heavy realization to, to consider. Yeah. Deep. Deep stuff, deep, 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 heavy. So yeah, that's that's uh, it is. It's it's so maybe you're right. Maybe that's what it is, Derek. That if we can work with our hands and see physical artifacts, we just kind of innately feel that yeah that we're leaving our mark more than than ones and zeros. Well, yeah, and and also just I think just the physical nature of doing that stuff. You know, uh, anything that you do, it's, it's physical. You get the blood going. You get some endorphins released. You just feel good. I think that's part of why you feel good afterwards. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay, moving on, gentlemen. Uh, great topic, by the way. Um, thanks again, Dan. Uh, Derek, I'm I'm just gonna let you open this this next segment up. I, I just want to know, you know, what's on your mind. Well, you brought up uh, you brought up joystick, and that I think that transitions pretty well into this question: What is the deal with mobile gaming? I'm telling you, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> okay, what's what's the context of this question, Derek? Give us so, give us the background. So I, you know, I I've made my living in in video games, and uh, I lost that job in December. So it's been a good six, you know, six seven months since um, since I've worked in video games, and coincidentally, I haven't played a video game in six to seven months. Uh, now I think maybe that my circumstance is a little different when you're playing them five days a week, all you know, all day at work. You you burn out maybe more quickly than one otherwise would. Right. But what I've noticed is that I I am still playing video games though. I'm playing mobile games. And I think it's interesting. I, I had a friend over the other day who was making fun of mobile games. Um, and, you know, he's sort of a more hardcore gamer. And he's he's doing the whole hardcore gamer shtick where mobile games yeah, are... Yeah, yeah, inferior. Yeah. You yeah. no <laughs> graduate later. <laughs> the processing power pales in comparison to the PS3. Even. Oh, boy. So yeah. he's doing that whole shtick. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but they're the only ones that I really feel like playing right now. Um, so I'm just wondering if, if you guys in your gaming diet, uh, has it transitioned to mobile in the way mine has? Is this a young versus old thing? I don't know what's happening here. Josh? 
Uh, a little bit. I, I still like the console stuff just because that's where some of my favorite titles are. But I am excited to see, you know, like what Nintendo is going to do next year. And, um, you know, they sort of s- stuck their toe in this year recently. So I am uh, excited to see where that sort of goes. But I, I don't play much on that on mobile devices yet. Yeah, I, Derek, with I'm I'm not even with you. Where I, I feel like I try to pick up a mobile game just to kind of connect with that. Uh, let me, all right, let me let me stop you. So, gaming was I will use the word was was a huge part of my life from six upwards, maybe to maybe. Maybe my late twenties or thirties. I mean, it was a huge hobby of mine that I nurtured and loved and had so many fun experiences. I it took me to places. I it was a large part of my work. I mean, again, that was when I I I, yeah. I got into writing as a video game writer. And it, it well, was just, and a lot of a lot of our listeners who know me may not know this that Blake is the reason I got into video. Blake gave me my first job writing about video games. Well, what? There go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. We'll tell that story later, but it, it is true. It's a true story. So, Derek got into writing that way as well. But over the last several years, um, I I don't play hardly any games. I mean, sometimes I'll try to I'll fire up. Uh, um, like my kids like Zelda, so we'll fire that up every now and then, or I'll try like the latest Uncharted. But to and I'll I'll try to like I'll, I'll hear word of a hot mobile game and I'll download it. But oh, so for example, one game I am playing right now is called uh, One Tap Tennis. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. <laughs> but it's it's very. I have gone from playing games, you know, probably several hours a week to nothing to 15 minutes and and i don't know i don't know why that is i mean i I think just kind of different seasons in life you kind of through different things and maybe i'll go back to that i I certainly don't rule it out because it was such a huge part that i liked connecting it's very nostalgic for me and i do follow it like i want to know what people are doing or what exciting developments but for me maybe it's like i really feel like at least the experiences they've coded up for us, they're kind of the same. And so I feel like there's not a lot of uncharted territory or, you know, new ground that's being covered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I would argue, you know, I've given this some thought, and I I think part of the reason that we're not playing console games as much, one, like you said, it's the period of your life. You actually have things to do. Unlike in college when, you know, oh, I have some free time, I'll play Zelda or whatever. You know, now your life changes and and some people that are younger may not get that yet. It may sound crazy, but eventually there'll get to, you'll get to a point where you don't want to spend three hours of free time just playing Zelda or whatever. Which Um, is where mobile gaming fits in, right, Derek? That it's it's quick hit bite-sized stuff that, oh, by the way, the NES used to be like too because you could throw on the cartridge, put in the passcode, and bam, you're off. You know, you don't have to do... I think mobile gaming is the true successor to what gaming used to be. Mm. Um, you know, people act like true gaming is the console stuff and the mobiles are just silly, but I actually think it's the other way around. I think mobile gaming has a lot more in common with the spirit of the NES than, uh, and certainly like the Atari and, and consoles like that, than, than whatever is being sold as console gaming these days, this bloated Hollywood wannabe CGI thing that requires you to 
basically drop everything in your life and devote yourself to. <laughs> or you could just pop in the new Pac-Man mobile game that is almost exactly what Pac-Man was 40, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like mobile gaming, um, I, I think we, we talked about this on an earlier show that it used to be gaming was an escape from responsibility, but now gaming is a responsibility. But I feel like mobile gaming or, is still... It, it can be a burden. It's burdensome to like sit bur- through an hour of a cutscene while you're just... You, I'm kind of like... <laughs> Hey, come on! Yeah. Can I start moving the joystick now? You know, can I? Start yeah, I guess I'll watch this? a movie now. Yeah, yeah, and a not very good one at that. You know, so it's like you, you're expected to be there for the video game, whereas mobile gaming is still. Hey, I'm here for you whenever you have 15 minutes that you need to kill, <laughs> yeah, waiting yeah, for. Yeah, so, sometimes I just want to. I want to lean in and ask the cutscene. Hey, can I play now? <laughs> can I yeah. have a controller? <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> Anyway, you know what? We need to save some of this, though, because I do, you know, the big gaming's big events coming up in a, in a week or two. And so let's, we'll, have, we'll, we'll see if any new developments come um, from that, that E3, the Electronic Gaming Expo. And we'll bring it up in, a, in an upcoming podcast. We'll react to, to that show in an upcoming episode to, to kind of see where, see where things are, are heading. Um, it, for... Uh, a new segment I want to toy with on this show is to kind of call out cool crap or cool tips that, that we encounter. And I came across one that I'm calling this the tip of the week this week. And it's going to just a tip, just one. I'm not going <laughs> to label it as something bigger than it really is. It's no, it's no computer. I won't even say the word. It's just a tip. Okay. A pro tip. A tip. Okay. So we are any, are there any, um, Karate Kid fans in the room? Am uh, I show of hands? Show of hands? Anyone? <laughs> I'm raising. I'm raising back. both my hands. Derek, do you have your hand up? Or Josh, do you have your hand up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Derek's not having his hand up. Nelson's just I, shaking his head. <laughs> the room. I was hoping you'd not call on me. I've not seen the Karate Kid. Wow. Is that a joke? No, I, I've not seen. <laughs> oh. I'm not serious. I'm dead serious. I've never seen the Karate Kid. Um, Josh, Hang on. We're gonna, we got to hit a pause here. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling disoriented right now, Derek. Uh, wow. Blood sugar's low, but I feel like this is... You really haven't seen the Karate Kid? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you don't apologize. There's no, there's no right or wrong. Um, oh, there's a little wrong. I mean, there's yeah, a little wrong. Kid. Josh is a little. There's a little. There's a little wrong. Fair <laughs> enough. I was trying to be politically correct. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, that is because that that was a movie of my childhood, and I'll I inter, I introduced my children to it, and they love it. I mean, they 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 absolutely love it. And uh, so anyway, it's been a lot of fun. But however, so this week's tip is a resurfacing of Mr. Mar- Mr. Miyagi's wise counsel to Danielson. When I don't know if you remember the scene, it's from the second one, Josh, where Daniel pulls up in, in one of Mr. Miyagi's convertibles that he gifted him for washing 18,000 times or however many times it was. Right. There's smoke coming, it's wrecked. Oh, sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> There's smoke. Josh, come on, I'm telling a story here. He sorry, pulls no. in, he's all frazzled, he just came home from prom. His girl that he picked up in the first movie dumped him. I mean, it's just a bad day. He's drinking a carton of milk, Anchorman <laughs> style, before Anchorman even did it in San Diego Heat. So, so they're Anchorman. So, and he's just having a hard time, and Mr. Miyagi pulls him aside. He's like, hey, Daniel, just breathe. And he starts this breathing exercise where he, he inhales very slow, 
And then he pushes his hands out while he exhales really slow. And then he inhales and exhales. And that sounds really dumb, but there are... I just, I read a story about the, like when things are feeling stressed or if you need to get to sleep, you just take these deep breaths through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And I've been doing it lately because I got, fellas, a little admission here. I, I, I kind of have a hard time going to sleep sometimes. I'm so excited about what's going on. I got things, you know, on my mind. I'm all, not even stressed, just I get really, my mind starts racing. And so I've been doing breathing techniques, specifically the four, seven, eight rule, which is where you inhale out of your, in your nose for four seconds, hold your breath for seven seconds, and then exhale for eight. Dudes, it works. I'm like sleeping like a baby. I'm calming down. So little Mr. Miyagi tip of the week there. Remember to breathe if things are getting hairy. Wait, you bought him a car? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> This goes back to the first, the first, uh, the first movie, but yeah, but is he, he, he gifted him a car. <laughs> so he, rich, rich with old automobiles, <laughs> uh, gave young Daniel's son. <laughs> he he's, the, he's the karate kid, right? <laughs> he's a karate teenager. He's, yeah, he's karate uh, teenager. Karate yeah, teenager okay. is a better. You guys, make it, you guys are making it sound like he's the karate middle-aged uh, dad or something. Uh, get him a cavalier. Derek, Derek, this is, this is back when kids... Derek, how have you not seen this? This is blowing my mind. Derek, this is before... This is when kids still valued the, uh, a driver's license and cars. Now we have smartphones to take us where we want to go. <laughs> back then, we did want cars. And Danielson oh, was, was no exception to that rule. You know what's funny about that? You're right. Cars have become music in that kids don't actually need it anymore. They just use other people's. Yeah, isn't that weird? I've got, oh. like, I've got cousins that are like 16 and... They don't have their license, and they have no desire, no interest in getting it. I'm like, well, what is wrong with you kids? It's so crazy, man. It I, makes me so I, old. Well, okay, I'm with you because I'm from that generation where, where the car was the defining moment of liberation as an adolescent. So, yeah. But that has shifted to the phone. I mean, that is ultimate liberation and expression oh. and connection for them. Like, I, I get it. Like, it's, I think there, there's going to be consequences if you're not going to be driving out seeing, I think, but that's how they view it. Listen, I really don't want to sound crotchety and old and angry on the show. I do my best not to do so. However, I got, I got news for all you freaking millennials out there who think a phone is cooler than a car. There is nothing that my iPhone does that is that is even in the same ballpark of cool as my 1997 Dodge Intrepid. <laughs> All right, you can't. Yeah. I got news for you. You're not gonna take a girl home in the back seat of your iPhone. Okay, you're not gonna go to the drive-in in your iPhone. You're not gonna. This is unbelievable. This is everything that bothers me about millennials, and I am one. You are a millennial, yeah. Well, Derek, I will say, in their defense, Uber's pretty damn cool. I mean, it's awesome. Listen, Uber's Uber's great, but it doesn't it have to, you know. It is great, but you, you kids need to get your damn licenses. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't understand. Like that's such a that's such a defining moment as you grow up. No, it you... was for our generation, but no, not theirs. It still, it still is. Damn it! I'm not accepting <laughs> the the life. Getting your driver's license isn't a big deal anymore. Like I get it. Uber's great. I use it all the time. But like 
Do you want to be a man and stand on your own and like drive for yourself or I, I don't know. Get your get your license. Get your freaking license. <laughs> get your freaking licenses. This is crazy. So so, so, so apparently we have some driver license advocates on this show. Yeah, yeah. Put me. I'm definitely pro driver's license. Like what were, what were the numbers again? Because we need to breathe. Yeah. It's four seven eight. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Just breathe. Take yeah, some sorry. deep breaths. I got all I got all distracted with Derek not seeing the Karate Kid and then these kids not having a freaking driver's license. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, it took a turn. It took a turn. Did what? How long when you are trying to relax and go to sleep at night? How long are you doing the four seven eight? I mean, I think I think the other night I felt I I made it to the fourth round and crashed. Really? Yeah. Or sometimes, and some not. This isn't always. Now, again, I, I, this isn't a, a cure all, but I will say, like even the other night, I just caught myself deep breathing. I was like, "Ooh, I'm in a very deep, slow <laughs> breath," and I just kind of like observed this deep, slow breathing, and then gone. I was out. So <laughs> that's how I'm. I'm trying to do it. Like it was working. That's good. That's very yeah. good. Did, did Josh? Are you the same? Does your mind just get racing, and you have a hard time? It does, yeah. Turning the off button. Derek, are you like that? Yeah, I can't just lay there without the aid of diphenhydramine and just fall asleep. Uh, There's got to be some some kind of chemical inducement or uh, what often often I'll just – usually every night I'll fall asleep to a podcast or I I have a playlist of cartoons on my phone. Which is one thing my car didn't do, so touche. Uh, I'll just play some cartoons and fall asleep to that. But I can't remember honestly the last time I just laid down in bed in the dark and fell asleep. I see. It's. I'm the same way. I'm. I'm I'm a. I'm quick to frequent the uh, Tylenol PMs when needed. Hell, hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I'll tell you. I'm envious of my wife. So, she can. I. I I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive she has a C-3PO button behind her neck or head <laughs> that she just clicks it and is off. Like, we'll lay down, and I'm like, really? Like, it's already, I can already tell she's in that deep. So I'm like, we just laid down. Like, how did you even do I'm I'm very envious. I, I, I think it would be I think that's. I think that's, I think she may have narcolepsy. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, she, she doesn't. She can just turn it off. She can turn her brain off like that, and she's out. It's not narcolepsy because she doesn't. She doesn't do it like in, in spontaneous so moments. Controlled narcolepsy. It is. It is complete controlled. Person. It is complete controlled. She's like, "Well, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Good night." And bam, <laughs> I'm done out. Today. Good night. <laughs> it's it's That's really fun. admirable. I I really do admire it. So anyway, so I'm working on the breathing. Anyway, if, if that's any help to you, that's your tip of the week. The the just breathe and, and try the four seven eight rule. Let us know how it works. Josh, new segment, another new segment on this show that yes. I'm really excited to debut. Yes, I am too. This one, this segment is called "Explain This Tweet," and essentially what we do is we Russian roulette style spin through the three of our Twitter feeds and pick one out, and someone has to. Explain this tweet. It's very self-explanatory. So, uh, Derek, on oh, May, uh, yeah, on, <laughs> on May sixteenth, you tweeted, "Pooping in a TJ Maxx, first time for everything." <laughs> Derek, explain this tweet. Yeah, you explain. You got some. Ex- you got some explaining to do, Derek. Well, I'd like to think that's a pretty self-explanatory tweet. Okay. I mean, well, well, you got to give us the backstory. 
So as you well know, uh, I usually sleep until about noon. Um, So when I wake up, uh, what I often do is I go get lunch. Now, my body has operated on this strict schedule of uh, wake up at noon, eat lunch, and then poop. Very tight That's, regimen, yes. It's a very tight regimen. It's, it's dated back since college. Um, so I wake up. Uh, my wife says, hey, we have to go to TJ Maxx. I say, okay, that's fine, but I have to eat lunch first because this is how my body operates. So, okay. So we go to Chick-fil-A for lunch. So I wake up and I go to Chick-fil-A. Now, we discussed on previous shows our affinity for Chick-fil-A. We've largely agreed it's one of the great fast food places. However, Chick-fil-A expedites the wake-eat-poop process uh, in a way other fast food chains don't quite. Um, So we're in the TJ Maxx, and that's when I realized that this has to happen, and this has to happen now. so I was in a TJ Maxx. It was my first time ever in a TJ Maxx. I got to be honest. I didn't even know what it, what they sold at TJ Maxx. I thought it was kind of like maybe they sold bonds there or something. Okay. Um, but apparently okay. it's, a, it's <laughs> they sell. I mean, anyone can make that mistake. I mean, sure, bonds, sure. cheap clothing, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe war bonds or something. I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. So I get there and I find out it's clothing and that's, already pit of the stomach stuff right there because shopping with a woman for clothing is about the worst thing you can do (laughs) hours after waking up. Uh, And not only that, then I find out that there's a men's section in TJ Maxx to which I said, why I'm the only one in here. Why do they, why are they selling men's clothes? There was no men as far as the eye could see. But at that point I realized, wait, if there's no men in here, that means the men's bathroom is empty. Not only can this happen right now, but this can happen in it's a big going way. To happen. Yeah. <laughs> in a big, so, big way. So I go to the bathroom and what I found out is that TJ Maxx, I got to be real honest. And, and listen, they're not paying me for this. Uh, I'm not averse to taking a little kickback if they're listening. <laughs> I will pull over on highways to poop at TJ Maxx. Wow. Heads forth. Um, again, largely due to the fact that there is little to no male traffic in that store. Oh, oh, okay, Derek. So I gotta ask. It's it's a, yeah. it's a great story, and I and now I know. Now that I know you had the bathroom all to yourself. Yeah. Did you go for the extra space and luxury of the handicap stall? Oh, <laughs> what's yeah. your What's your take on that? You gotta. You gotta. I, I absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely did. And I mean, part of the reason. Treat yourself. (laughs) Have you guys ever been, have you ever done that and been, you know. Caught? Yeah, caught. No, I haven't. I haven't either. (laughs) Have you, Derek? No, I've never been caught. I have a deep-rooted fear, though, about, I'm really risking it here. Some guy in a wheelchair is going to come in and need to use this. And I got to have to wrap up quickly, prematurely. I got to, it's 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 a constant fear of mine. What right. a rush. <laughs> <laughs> Blake's the bad boy of the group. Pooping in the handicap stall. What a rush. I'm going to get busted. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we, we have to end on that high note or low note, depending on, on your... 
your perspective. Oh, it was a low note, Blake. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, Derek, uh, you, sticking with the uh, love for Chick-fil-A, they usually have very immaculately clean bathrooms. You should have just dumped out there. Agreed. Yeah, but it, it, it's usually on a bit of a delay. I would say it's a 20-minute. Oh, right, right. Ah, right. Okay. You but, couldn't force the issue. Yeah. And I thought if we hurry up the TJ Maxx run, then I'll be able to get home and, and, and do my business here. Uh, however, I, I greatly missed, I greatly underestimated how long it takes at TJ Maxx, uh, which is still baffling to me why it would take so long. Uh, but nonetheless, there, there you have it. Well, gentlemen, at some point, this does, this does beg the question, um, stool etiquette. And we're going to have to get a, we're going to have to dedicate a full on show I've to that. I've got some tips. Yeah, no, I've got some tips. <laughs> That's no. what they call in the business a teaser, Blake. Right <laughs> that is a teaser right there. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Gentlemen, we've reached the end of this episode. Josh, why don't you tell the listeners how they can participate in an upcoming show? Oh, I would love to. You know I would. If you like what we're doing, please get involved and support the show. Visit ManthologyShow.com to become a patron. We have several levels, one for everyone. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at ManthologyShow, or you can just snail mail us at men at ManthologyShow.com. For Josh and Derek, I'm Blake. Thank you for listening to the Manthology Show. The Manthology Show. We'll talk to you soon right here, same place, same time. We'll catch you next week. Nothing I can see but you when you look.